I'm Richard Fieldhouse and this is the National Association of Sessional GPs podcast, The Art of GP Locoming. And it is June, uh, 11th of June, and so I'm going to be reviewing our latest magazine, Sessional GP magazine, our 107th edition. Um, some of you have been asking very kindly uh, what's happened to Sarah. Star is very, very much around, but she's just so busy at the moment and is... Don't, don't tell her, but she's actually going to get an awful lot busier because um, we're just about to start a whole new load of extra development work on um, on the Locum Deck platform. And um, so Sarah's focusing, concentrating much more on that. She's very much the brains behind it. And I'm focusing much more on, on, on other NASGP issues and meetings and talks and things. Um, so I definitely get her back in. Uh, back onto the podcast uh, uh, when this latest round of development has settled down a bit. Um, so I'm just getting myself organised here. My The room I normally record these podcasts in has been taken over by my son, who's just back from uh, university and is now landed in Guatemala. don't know why he's gone there, but it sounds like he's having a lovely time. Um, so I'm, I'm covered in all sorts of, what I call it, junk. Um, I don't think he calls it that. So I've got my the ma- got the magazine open. And I've got my notes about it. So, as always, starting off with a beautiful painting from Claire de Mortimer Griffin. Uh, There's another painting of hers inside as well. And uh, Claire just sends me, uploads a whole load of uh, pictures every now and then for me. And I just happily choose whichever ones um, I happen to like at the time. And I very much like this current one. It's some sort of a greenhouse plant done in, in Claire's usual technique. It's either gouache or oil or probably a combination of both um, but it's very nice um, and leading into our first article by Rachel from the Medical Protection Society this one's on hierarchy medical hierarchy and I, I've been actually the weekend on Saturday I was at the RCGP first five festival of failure uh, conference in uh, in the Midlands in Birmingham um, organised by Jody Blackadder. Really good conference, some fantastic stuff there. And I was talking, doing my usual talk, I did it a couple of times on system learning. Um, and in that I talk about um, sort of the work that Daniel Kahneman's done in, uh, in, in behavioural e- economics, but also looking at um, and the aviation industry, comparing it to the Medical industry, I know it's been done lots of times and I'm just simply borrowing other people's information, just putting it together in a, in a sort of a very GP-focused, sessional GP-focused way and, and a large part of the talk is based on on a, on a locum consultation, a, lo, a locum session and problems that happen during that. But what comes out of this, um, the aviation industry and the, and the medical industry and, and the examples that I, that I use from black box thinking is to do with medical hierarchy and its significant place in in errors uh, and mistakes and uh, the 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 example I give in my talk regarding um, um, Elaine Bromley is regarding the anaesthetist involved in her case who ju- when they were focusing so hard um, um, time sort of almost stood still for them but also the nurses were afraid to to question what they were doing or to get involved and equally in flight ua 173 the 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 flight where the uh 
flight engineer kept on saying to the captain that the plane was about to run out of fuel, but he felt he'd mentioned it once or twice, but wouldn't push the captain on it. And I know and there have been other really big, significant air disasters, again, even where there are cultural hierarchical differences. I think the South Korean airlines had some calamitous crashes whereby uh, cabin staff were just weren't allowed to question the captain. So what Rachel does for us in this article, because we we, we we on our on our various discussion forums, we we occasionally come across uh, members who bring, who bring factor this into conversations. So when you're a newly qualified GP and you're in a practice or you're a locum GP in a practice and there's a senior partner and that senior partner is big with the LMC or the college faculties or whatever, but somehow there's there's some sort of perceived intimidation there or, you're, or just or lack of confidence or, or something going on there that that as an individual makes you not want to um, make to question someone's authority or care or whatever. But but equally the uh, the the opposite of that is is when when as a you know a locum working lots of different surgeries you've been doing it for 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 for, for years oh microphone fallen over um back here back up again when um when someone uh, approaches a, med- a, a medical student or a, or a GP trainee actually might question what we're doing um and and so Rachel goes into how we should approach that. What should our stance be? What should we say? How should we approach that? So good article there on on medical hierarchy. Then Liz Densley, and uh, from uh, it was a specialist medical accountant from Honey Barrett, uh, down on the south coast in in East Essex, and and this month. Um, Liz has done some, some a whole load of frequently asked questions that she gets asked about. One is, um, should should I work more sessions? Should I earn go out and more, earn more money from out of hours sessions? But of course, with with various um, child allowances kicking in, kicking out, uh, with various tax bans um, triangulated against various pension contribute NHS pension contribution thresholds, all of which seem to be it's like a minefield. I mean literally it's like a minefield and and actually working more can almost just be pointless because you just might end up changing your tax statuses and, and various thresholds and you might have just been totally wasting your time. Um doing a great service, sure, but but not actually getting hardly any money for it at all when you might have time that might have been better spent not working and having a bit of time with the family or or um or with your airfix kits or knitting or whatever whatever you do to relax so um uh that that's again a lot, lot there's about seven or eight different uh, frequently asked questions there but a lot a lot of it so much of this is nuanced so much of this is is obviously not not just uh, what an accountant would know, but what a, what a specialist medical medical accountant would know. Um, so worth a read there. Got a an advert I see here from the British Medical Journal from BMJ Live, which is happening later this year. There's some look look at that advert. There's some links at the bottom which you can click through or tap through um, to find information about speakers and uh, advertisers and what's going on there. Lots of workshops. You can go and have your CV checked. You can get specific career advice. Um, you can book in with that. There's still a lot of speakers not yet, um, uh, uh, signed up 
um, for that. So, but there, but obviously, I think it's not until October. I better check on that before I tell you when it is. Um, he says, flicking across BMJ Live, fourth and fifth of October, two thousand and nineteen. And I've I've been to a few of those. I've been there as delegates. I've been a couple of times as a speaker. A few years ago, the NESGP, we did a really good conference there. Actually, on the the day before it all started, um, so it sort of segued into the. Um, a conference itself. We did a, a BMJ masterclass on how to work as a locum. I think we had a hundred delegates. Really good feedback from that. I must do that again. If you're interested in us doing that sort of thing again, do get in touch um, because we can pass that on to the BMJ and see if they'll um, do another one for us. Worked with a really good team of very dedicated uh, um, um, conference organisers there. So I'm sure we could easily pull that off again. Politics aside, that is. Um, right, Louise Hudman, um, not one, but two articles, quite, they're fairly linked, so we put two in this time, because Louise has um, done some reviews, the, the, the first one is, is, is a diagnosis of chronic obstructive, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, um, so things like that, what to do if COPD shows up on a chest x-ray or on a CT scan, um, what type of inhalers to prescribe, very much based on the latest NICE guidelines. So Louise goes that into that in her usual style, a very personal style, um, based on what, 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 what Louise's own working practice um, uh, sort of t ties into that. And at the, uh, at the end of that, it wasn't actually, the link wasn't working when I tried it half an hour ago, but I hope I fixed it now. But, um, but certainly when this comes out live on the on the NESP website in, in, in over the next 10 days, um, there will definitely be a, a working form there where you can click on that and add your reflection and you get um, emailed instantly back a nice PDF or a Word document of your reflective learning from, from these articles. Then Kate Little, an article on making stress your friend. Um, so a couple of good, lovely little charts, um, one of which uh, Kate has, has, um, has drawn herself, takes take a photograph of and, and we've put it in the article. Um, but it's just about managing stress. Um, but it, but it, it, um, it, for me, I thought it was really good where it talks about actually being aware that you're stressed because we can just tick along with our normal day, getting on with stuff but actually not realising where stress and it's it's again it's sort of taking that sort of step back a step out of yourself and actually kind of almost like reflective learning really is where you um um you know just check on yourself am, am i stressed here am i talking like this am i feeling stressed um and it's just being aware of that and there's a there's a great little bell curve there um which kate's provided for us where there's this there's this middle zone which which is manageable stress and manageable stress is good for you you know it's good about productivity you got to have some stress if you have too little you just get bored and unmotivated and you know um kind of what's the point but but and also too much and you actually get into this panic zone so we being being aware of where you are on on that spectrum and and, and how to so therefore sort of by by befriending it, by befriending your stress, you can actually then be its master. It's a bit like Aikido, really. Um, and there's a lovely, uh, um, is that a mnemonic? Analyse, change and evaluate. Sort of how to uh, pl play this little um, uh, sort of self-analytic programme to, to work out where you are. It's quite like my favourite from uh, the film, 
called Captain Fantastic. Don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it a couple of times now. Um, but in that, they, they have S-T-O-P, stop, which is stop, think, observe, plan. Uh, it's when his kid gets uh, stuck up on, on, a, on, a, on a cliff face and breaks his wrist. Great film. Um, and next article, moving on, is from Judith. On, on this time on hand washing, Judith does pick her topics. I, I don't know what where Judith has been reading because I mean, normally Judith puts puts in a resource. So she's obviously this obviously occurred to Judith. Judith, I know you're listening, um, and we'll book in for um, to do a, a a podcast on this over the next week or two. Um, but I never I'd never really thought. I often think about hand washing. It's like it's like these these little signs and posters in consulting rooms and, and, and any NHS toilet you've ever been to about hand washing. But but obviously Judith has seen this sign and actually thought about it and has done some research on it and actually makes me feel guilty that I've been fairly dismissive of these signs. I mean, don't get me wrong, I very much I always wash my hands. Um 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 or much too, almost too much sometimes. But um but but actually it's you know it's just it's pointing out the obvious, but Judith goes into why it it, it needs to be pointed out, um, and and about it's a cultural thing and the practical practicalities of hand towels versus blow dryers and and the Dysons of this world. Um, so that's as always a good read, and I'll get a lot more into that uh, when we do our podcast. I'm sure. Um, then following Judith's, Judith's art, article is the second article from Louise. Um, um, on again a breakdown, a complimentary article to the COPD one. This this time on antibiotic prescribing, and 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 COPD. Uh, um, few learning points from that. All, all antibiotics now are five day courses. Uh, obviously caveated by various uh, follow ups and 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 safety netting. But I thought that was interesting. And just being before you prescribing, just being. Just checking out to see if there's a previous sputum result where you can go 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 and find out sensitivities, and also, you know, seeing if they've had multiple antibiotic courses. Actually, just considering that actually, you know, what they may well be resistant here, um, and looking at, at an alternative. And then finally, we finish off with a uh, just a very short article here. This is from um, Health Poverty Action. This is a charity that we like to support here at NASGP, um, and they do great work. It's about it's about so a lot of it's about it's it's about their support for health carers in other countries and third world countries and disadvantaged underprivileged areas um to help local health teams in those areas not not sending in um um western uh, carers but actually supporting and much more i love the sustainability and the long term approach that um health poverty action have it just seems uh, uh, um, um, <laughs> a much more efficient way to do it and a much more sustainable way. And this is a very short article by a carer, a health carer called Tunze, who spends every, every, every month, spends three of three weeks of, of a month touring around um, the wetlands, jungles, finding people um, with malaria, educating them, teaching them how to diagnose, to, to let them, to, you know, make them aware of that malaria exists, how to tell when they've got it and what to do when they've got it and how to prevent getting it. You know, just basic stuff like hand washing, but, but so important and, and, and money's so well spent. So, um, again, as always, there's, there's a, there's a link at the end of that article. If it's something you'd like to contribute to, it's a great uh, charity and, 
um, we we always. Uh, for many SGP, we we give a, a a small donation for them at Christmas time, and we'll we'll again do so this Christmas. So that's the end of the mime review of the magazine. Um, I don't think there's anything else particularly going on at any SGP that I would like to report to you now. On apart from um, I'm going checking up and bringing tea to Sarah and the developers we've got working here today, three of them. Um, we've, we've also, uh, for the first time in our, in, in about a decade, we've actually uh, got a, got a new member of staff, our first or well, only member of staff, really, apart from Sarah and I helping us out, uh, running the NESGP and she's just getting to grips with things and she'll be very much, um, supporting the idea being to support, uh, uh people, um, um, with some membership issues, but also getting set up on Locum Deck and helping. We've got over a thousand practices now on Locum Deck, well over a thousand practices on Locum Deck, helping practices out, getting set up um, and linking up with the various NESGP members through that. That's taking off absolutely beautifully. Um, so much more about our new member of staff uh, when we can do the big reveal um, once once um, she's... Um, fully au fait with all, all the systems we've got so uh, signing off again thanks for listening do tell your friends about this please do tell your friends about how marvelous the NESGP is and how what incredible value 11 pounds per month membership is do tell anybody you know who um, is on maternity leave or parenting leave that their NESGP membership is completely free to stop their talk to let us know but they can stop their direct debit whilst they're on maternity leave um, and we will carry them on with their full membership until they come back. And if you know any GPs in training, uh, we know there's thousands out there, but they also get free NESGP membership so that as they're coming towards the end of their training, getting ready to go, get out there in the big wide world, um, if they are considering doing locum work, they can get themselves again set up on locum deck. Um, with all the masses amounts of advice, the thousands of pages on the NESGP website. Anyway... I'll stop. I'll stop whining on. Thank you very much and uh, look forward to uh, doing the next podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.